You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The word xenophobia has had a resurgence in the American lexicon. Dictionary.com named xenophobia as its word of the year after a huge spike in lookups in 2016. What does that term mean to specific minority groups in 2017, especially in this political environment? The Jewish Community Relations Council, AJC, and the Michigan Muslim Community Council are holding a series of talks in the coming weeks about anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. A shared future is an interfaith dialogue series that means to provide a deeper comprehension of both forms of prejudice and discuss how a firm grasp of each enhances an understanding of both. There will be three opportunities to attend the program, February 15th at the Muslim Unity Center in Bloomfield Hills, March 1st at Adat Shalom Synagogue in Farmington Hills, and March 22nd at Wayne State University in Detroit. All programs will take place at 7 p.m. There is no charge, and it's hosted by my next two guests. Saeed Khan is an expert in Middle and Near East history and politics a lecturer at Wayne State University, and Howard Lupovich is the director of the Kohn Hadao Center for Judaic Studies at Wayne State University. Howard and Saeed, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank Thanks, you, Stephen. Yeah. Nice so uh, this is a great idea, obviously, and I, I think it's it's reflective of the kinds of things that I think we're going to see more of in the next few years. 2015, 2016 were rough years for I guess, for lack of a better term, for us getting along with each other. I mean, there, there, the, the the political environment encouraged uh, more than I have seen it in in recent years. This idea that the differences among us are far more important than the things we share in common, and so now we're left, I think, to to try to make sense of that and maybe sew some of this back together. I imagine that that is the 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 thinking behind these these forums. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you're right. We live in a very divisive time right now. It isn't only divisive, it's that this is a, a divisiveness that's been deliberately calculated and stirred by people who are trying to benefit from it, including, I, I, I think, above all, our, our new president. Uh, and I think the, what makes these events so important is one of the things that divisiveness has really shown is that there are those of us who are concerned, worried, alarmed by the divisiveness, and we're looking beyond it. Yeah. So I think especially you you have groups like American Jews and American Muslims that yes of course there are differences but this is this is a time above all we've always always been aware of similar similarities and differences but this is a time to talk about similarities yeah yeah go ahead Taeyeon I mean I think uh, you know we're talking about 2015 and 2016 as being rough years one of the uh, the very nice benefits that we've had is that Howie and I have actually had a friendship that predates that. And I think it really then illustrates this idea about having relationships, having very meaningful friendships, uh, because of the kind of trust relationship that that builds. Because this kind of work is not easy. Uh, we certainly get our fair shares of slings and arrows, not only by those who uh, target communities, but also, I mean, we get a fair share of it from within the community. Yeah. Why are you doing this? What's your agenda? What are you giving up? Uh, you're representing us, and you're representing us in a false light because I don't agree with you. Uh, but the fact is that bringing uh, us together, and we had a, an amazing uh, set of lectures last year where we took on some extremely uh, contentious issues, but that was by design. 
because it was based on the trust that we have for one another and also the chemistry, I guess, you know, to use the Yiddish uh, shtick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the it's idea, good shtick. It's good shtick. <laughs> it's good shtick. And the idea that uh, we could talk about anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, Zionism and Jihad, and whose Middle East is it? Yeah. Uh, we felt that after you can handle those three, what's left? Uh, but uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, this new paradigm uh, emerged where you see anti-Semitism, Islamophobia under the broader xenophobia develop. And we figured what people would really like now to hear is how are we going to move forward and how are we going to move forward together? Yeah. Uh, talk about the the lectures that you did last year. I, did, I guess I was unaware of those. What were they like and how did they go? Well, I think the most interesting about them is the audience. Yeah. A was very mixed, all different kinds of people with different political views and different backgrounds. And I also think for the most part, the audience, whatever baggage they brought with them, they really checked it at the door. I mean, the Satan and I each made up, we made, made our presentations, we did our teaching, but the real interesting part was the questions and discussion, the, yeah, the, the types of questions. Uh, it really turned into a very constructive conversation. Now, I say for the most part, because, you know, in, a, in an event like that, there's always a couple of outliers who are just, are just there to, you know, basically spout a point of view. Right. But beyond that, it was a really productive exchange of ideas and uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't put it on the level of a think tank just yet. <laughs> but it's definitely moving in the same direction. Not just really? trying. Not just lamenting a problem yeah. or fearing a situation, but actually trying to do the more difficult task of finding a solution. Yeah. Finding resolution. Resolution and compromise or hope are much more difficult things to uh, to reach yeah. than uh, than pessimism and lament. Right. And it wasn't just the substance of what Howie and I were talking about. It was also the way that we were talking about it, mm. that there were some clear differences. Uh, there were some clear points where uh, there was not a consensus. Uh, but the fact that you can have a discourse that is respectful, uh, that again is based on this idea that I trust you that there is no illicit uh, uh, agenda, there is no double speak, there's no coding here, uh, there is no uh, apprehension that uh, each of us is going to go back to our respective corners and then say what we really mean, uh, <laughs> right. which, which are things that people uh, worry about sure. and, and things that people fear. And so the idea that we hopefully also provided a template that, hey, you can create a relationship with somebody, you can put it out there on the table, you can talk about those things, and... You may not agree about everything, but at least you can understand the other side uh, and realize that actually there are no sides. Right. You just both are on the same page. Yeah. And I think what Saeed and I really share in common, I mean, I, as individuals and as intellectuals, that we're both really in search of the truth. We both love, we both prefer gray area, nuanced thinking to close-minded, narrow-minded thinking, that complex problems very rarely have simplistic, <laughs> straightforward solutions. There are many sides. And of course, the ability to, to, well, think critically together, yeah. and not only the mutual respect that Said meant, but uh, the the ability to be constructively critical and learn from that constructive criticism. That's how you go forward. Yeah. You learn from each other. You you learn from different points of view. You don't just simply dismiss or reject them. Right. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Saeed Khan, an expert in Middle and Near East history and politics at Wayne State. Uh, also, Howard Lupovich. He's the director of the Kohn Hadao Center for Judaic Studies at Wayne State University. We are talking about a series of forums that uh, these two are putting together called A Shared Future. It's an interfaith dialogue series that's meant to provide a deeper comprehension of forms of prejudice and to discuss how a firm grasp of that 
enhances understanding. Uh, the first one will be February 15th at the Muslim Unity Center in Bloomfield Hills. There will be another March 1st at the Adat Shalom Synagogue in Farmington Hills and March 22nd at Wayne State University in Detroit. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us how you are in this really rancorous political environment. How are you how are you reaching out to people who may not think the way you do? How are you reaching out to people who might be on what you would describe as the other side? of these issues. If you're a Trump supporter, are you reaching out to people who voted for Hillary Clinton? If you are a Hillary Clinton supporter, are you reaching out to people who supported the president and asking why? What is it in their lives that they thought would be made better? How did they think this country would be made better by voting for Donald Trump? That's an important question, I think, for all of us right now. What are you doing to reach across to people who see the world a little differently from the way you do. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work your comments into the conversation. Uh, if you're not doing that, if you're not reaching out to people who think differently uh, than you do, tell me why you're doing that. Tell me why you don't think that's important. Right now, tell me uh, what uh, what's going through your mind that says maybe that there are two sides and that you're on the right side of it, and the other people, well, they're just wrong and not worth not worth discussing it with. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number to join that conversation. Three one three five seven seven. One oh one nine, Howard and Saeed, uh, I want you to talk some about about how, how different now seems to you than before. Because uh, to me, uh, I sit here every day on this show and talk to people. Uh, it does seem different. It does seem more intense. People are more at each other than I can remember before. And they are, I think, uncertain about how um, how to fix that, how to, how, to, how to sort of get back to a space where they feel more comfortable. Howard? Well, I think one of the ways it feels very different is, I would say this, let me speak historically for a second, mm -hmm. that I think in, the, in terms of, the, and I'll speak from the Jewish side of this question, mm -hmm. that historically the, the experience of, well, of Jews in America in particular, anti-Semitism for the most part has been largely a marginal, a non-mainstream phenomenon. There were yes. brief moments, I mean, especially in Detroit in the 20s and 30s with Henry Ford and Father mm -hmm. Coughlin, but for the most part, it's been largely marginalized, which means there's always been the rhetoric, but it's never been something that, I don't know, uh, commonly accepted. It seems perhaps in the last, well, the last year that it's moving closer to the mainstream, that uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of rhetoric has been, and sometimes even beyond rhetoric, has been legitimized in a certain way because when you have a, a prominent public figure in a position of tremendous power saying again and again and again that not only is this is an acceptable way to think, but this is the real American way to think. The only way. The only way, the true way to think, the authentic way, that has a real impact. And I think that's, that's really what we've seen. I, I, I don't know how many people have changed their mind I'm, this, I'm thinking about Aziz Ansari, the way he said it is, uh, people are, uh, he, said it, he said it so well, people are forgetting that they're not, it's, not, it's not right to say it out loud. Or yeah. People are forgetting, they're, they're forgetting to pretend that they don't feel that way. 
usually openness is a good thing. I think in some sense <laughs> there's a kind of openness and bluntness that we could do without right now. Well, it, because because <laughs> a lot of it is vulgar and a lot of it is crude. Uh, and uh, I think that's one of the biggest things we've seen in the last you know last year. Yeah, that's so, the mood. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that our first lecture is actually uh, right in the middle of uh, Black History Month. Uh, I think that's very important because, uh, and to invoke uh, Isaac Newton, uh, there's a law of conservation of xenophobia. Xenophobia is neither created nor destroyed. It just simply shifts. And so what we find here is that in the current situation, uh, that shift of xenophobia seems to highlight uh, the Muslim community, but at the same time, it never really left a Jewish community. Mm -hmm. And so uh, sitting outside uh, the, the Jewish community, what I'm always uh, intrigued by is the fact that it's come back as strongly as it has and as virulently as it has, which, which shows you this kind of backsliding uh, phenomenon that happens in the United States at, at times of, uh, of certain kinds of social pressures. In this case, um, it, these, these fears are being exploited, commodified, corporatized, yeah. politicized, uh, that you find that some of those uh, dormant uh, kinds of uh, hatreds are, are, are finding themselves coming back, uh, being seen as fashionable uh, as well as, as, uh, as legitimate. And um, the, the challenge, I think, that we're finding here in the United States at this moment is that, and I'm, as a historian, I, I don't like analogies. I know people throwing out uh, and, and, uh, Germany 1933 or, or all of these different dates and uh, like it's a, it's a historical dartboard. I'm more interested in the causality, you know, what causes things and what are the effects of those things. And so what we're finding here is that there are patterns of causes and effects, which I would suggest those who are the exploiters know pretty well. Yeah. And so they know what buttons to press, and they're trying to press those buttons. What I'm also very interested in looking at are what are some of the future things that are going to be exploited. And we've talked about this before. America moving demographically to board, becoming a majority-minority country. Uh, the fact that um, automation and artificial intelligence are going to uh, really make a lot of human beings um, irrelevant and obsolete these are the kinds of social processes that are going to have an impact. And unfortunately, one of the ways that they then manifest themselves is through more xenophobia. Right, right. Okay, uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Saeed and Howard. Uh, and we want to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. Uh, what are you doing to talk to people who don't see things the way you do? What are you doing to try to foster dialogue in a time when rancor is more the theme of the discussions that take place? Again, 313-577-1019. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for joining us. My guests are Saeed Khan, an expert in Middle and Near East history and politics at Wayne State University, and Howard Lupovich, who is the director of the Kohn Hadao Center for Judaic Studies at Wayne State. We're talking about a series of dialogues that they are putting together called A Shared Future. It's an interfaith dialogue series that means to provide a deeper comprehension of both forms of prejudice and discuss how a firm grasp of them helps 
with understanding. The question for callers today is, what are you doing to reach out to people who see things a little differently than you do? We've spent a year or more in this country really I feel like at each other's throats about our differences. Uh, what are you doing to try to heal those bridges now that uh, we're trying to go forward, now that at least the election is over and no longer making us crazy? How can we repair some of the things that got broken? 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Nadine, in the, somewhere in the metro area, <laughs> is what it says here. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Hi, Good morning, everyone. Uh-huh. And uh, thank you for your work. And um, I've called in before. Uh-huh. And I, I just want to say that after 30 years of being here, I just... There's one consistent uh, idea, is the idea of individualism and this, this chasing happiness. And individualism doesn't unite people, especially in crisis. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I, from the day from day one, I was interested. I asked people what the American dream is because, to me, a dream is not a tool for democracy. I, I never get an answer. I also never get an answer to why anything. Americans don't like to be questioned. Yeah. Okay, but Nadine, thank you. Dream. Thank you very much <laughs> for the call. I appreciate uh, I appreciate that. Uh, let's go to Teresa in Wyandotte. Teresa, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Uh, great. I have had a little bit of luck reaching across the aisle on a single issue. I work in education, so I feel like if I stick to kind of what I know best and I talk to people, just focused on education, not getting into any other things we might disagree with, I feel like I've had some luck there with maybe parents of my daughter's friends or, you know, other people who have children in public schools or used to have children in public schools. Uh-huh. They, they have been a little more open to hearing at least what I have to say on that topic. And then maybe at some point in the future, you know, if I can kind of make that connection and build a bridge a little, maybe we'll get into some other issues, but especially with, you know, Detroit public schools and and Flint crisis, I feel like focusing on kids and what I know best with that has given me some opportunities to open up to people that maybe I wouldn't really ever discuss politics with. Right. Right. Uh, great, great point there, Teresa. Thanks very much for calling and making that. Said and Howard, I want to ask you about the importance of doing this in person versus trying to do it through social media. That's one of the things I think is an aggravator in all of this. Uh, it, social media doesn't somehow lend itself to this kind of actual dialogue. Well, I think social media where it's best is where it's it's augmenting or it's a, it's an auxiliary way of disseminating information. Uh, when it's the primary or the sole way of disseminating information, you lose that face-to-face. You lose some of the subtlety. And, well, I mean, just to give you one example, with social media, it's, it's uh, I think these days, because it's a relatively new medium, that uh, many people are reacting to it the same way people reacted when there were first daily newspapers or radio or television, where it had this power or even the printed book, if you want to go back far enough, it had this power of sounding automatically true because it was part of that medium. Once upon a time, you heard something on the radio, 
you it was, it was assumed to be true and authentic and correct. And I, people, you or learn or listen to social media. They use social media uncritically. So if you use, just to give an example, Yahoo News, mm-hmm. you use your, your Yahoo News feed, you have a whole bunch of different news stories, and in tiny little letters, it tells you the source. If you're not, if you're not paying, yet, paying attention to where that story is coming from, you can believe just about anything. And this is, this is nothing against Yahoo. I think it's nice that they give all these options, but it's the way you have to use it properly. You, you have to deconstruct a little bit. You just have to, you have to consider the source of what you have face-to-face, a personal presentation, the source is clear, and at least theoretically, the person making the presentation, I assume we're going to do that. We always do. It's, it's clear where we're coming from. There's right. a little bit more, well, there's a little, little bit more control or a little bit more assurance that what, what's said is not only going to be reputable and, and factually correct, but it's going to be thought out and deliberate uh, and, well, nuanced. Right. And I think, ahead, that's, I think that's the key word. It is nuanced. I mean, uh, one of the challenges of social media is I think it's not just an aggrega- uh, aggravator, it's also an aggregator. So it's the aggravation of the aggregation, that there's just simply so much information. And then you also realize that it is skewed. Uh, what, what you have on your feed is provided uh, for you by a series of algorithms of somebody who is working on these in Silicon Valley. But one of the things that I find is that everything can't be captured in 140 characters. Uh, and everything can't be captured perfectly or accurately by an emoji. And I think that these guys, these things that are so reductive. That's a radical idea. It is a radical idea. And the, I think you need a, an emoji for that too. Yeah. Uh, but but I'd like to address uh, both Teresa and Nadine and thank uh, thank you for your calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the case of, of Teresa, that is such a, a wonderful strategy to have. I mean, after all, KFC doesn't do burgers for a reason. Uh, the idea of specializing in something that is not only within your area, area of expertise and know-how, but also what, what is within your wheelhouse of passion, uh, that you realize that if I stay within these boundaries for, for the meantime, I can always grow from there. Uh, but it's a wonderful place to start and uh, and to engage. And in the case of uh, Nadine and, uh, and her feeling so despondent about individualism, and mentioning uh, the American dream, I think that this is a huge issue. And you see that this is driving a lot of the xenophobia in Europe as well as in um, the United States. The whole notion of enlightenment philosophy and liberalism as being uh, about the individual. But at the same time, and here's the contradiction, it was also within the enlightenment philosophy of Europe that you spawn the most virulent anti-Semitism. Yeah. And now you see it also manifesting, not only with anti-Semitism, but also Islamophobia. So I think that these are not the dreams, but the distortions that have been presented to people to go ahead and say, well, this is your version of who you are, but nobody ever gave them the full explanation of things. And, and I would add, especially to Nadine's very important comment that individualism has always been a core American ideal, but in some ways it was the first step. It wasn't the be-all and end-all. I think it was Horace Callan who said when he was doing, you know, conceiving of this notion of pluralism, I think he called pluralism democracy for groups. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, we need an incentive of individualism. We need, to, we need to be able to think as individuals, but we also need to recognize the fact that I think especially American society has, is now and has always been made up of groups and has always worked best yeah. when we think not only as individuals, but we, we not only accept, but celebrate 
the differences in different groups. And we recognize that it is democracy for groups. Yeah. All right. Howard Lupovich, Saeed Khan, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And those forums, The Shared Future, take place February 15th, the Muslim Unity Center in Bloomfield Hills, March 1st at Adat Shalom Synagogue in Farmington Hills, and March 22nd at Wayne State University in Detroit. Each one starts at 7 p.m., and they are free to attend. That's going to do it for me. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. See you tomorrow.